listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey. Hey, everybody. Okay. Today, I am so excited to talk to somebody because I've been a fangirl as I sit across from her on Dancing with the Stars, but I've never had a chance to actually get on a deeper level with her because I always felt like it was not allowed for us to talk to each other too much on the show, but she is a television personality. She is famously known for being a bachelorette. She also is a podcaster and an amazing dancer and a mirror ball champion, Caitlin Bristow, my girl. How are you? I love adding that to the resume. Like when somebody says Mirrorball champion, I'm like, I did it. Wait, okay. Is that officially on your Instagram yet? Because I expect you did. Okay. You updated it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Because I was going to say my favorite moment was not when you won and and watched you take the ball, but it was actually watching you buckle in the Mirrorball to your car when you were driving home. Because I know, I understand how much that had to have felt because yeah. we really do work so hard. Yeah. And so life after Mirrorball, what has that been like for you? Like what, what, what has changed, if anything? Please tell me your boyfriend's treating you a little bit nicer or, or something. He does call me the Mirrorball champ when I walk around the house, which is nice. Um, the, honestly, the only thing that's really changed is that I've gotten so lazy because, like you said, it's so much work and you're doing so much and your days are just like consumed by hours and hours and hours of dancing and learning and like, then like on your days off, you don't really have a day off. You go to camera blocking, which is just as much work. Um, so honestly, the thing that I've done since I got home was one, pick up COVID, which was a really nice timing. Um, but two, it was that I just, I am so lazy and I'm okay with it. Usually I'm like, got to get up, got to be a go-getter, got to do all these things, have all these meetings. But the timing of coming off the show is COVID and holidays. So I'm like, I've really been doing nothing, but eating whatever the fuck I want to eat and doing whatever I want to do and watching so much Netflix and movies and just like being with the dogs. It's been amazing. So for anybody who's watching, Caitlin absolutely was that like, like that slow stealthy killer. Cause honestly, from the very beginning, you always, you were just sweet and like, you've always been super sweet. You don't really, you don't get in people's way. You're unproblematic. You didn't seem like you could be eliminated. But you also didn't feel like you were like, I'm coming out here to win. I'm going to kill this ball. It wasn't until the sixth week that I was like, oh, wait, Caitlin's going for it. But her MO is kind of sneaking up on us and doesn't like, you know what I mean? Like there's people who are like, I'm going to take you down. Nelly was super aggressive. This is why I think I'd be really good on Big Brother. Because I feel like I would be, I I really do, I will say this about myself, I really do have a a big heart and I really care about people and I want to make friends. And that was like my whole thing on The Bachelorette. People were like, it was the whole like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to find love. I was like, no, I really actually want to make friends, but I also am really competitive and want to win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so at what point did you feel like, okay, wait, this is getting competitive. Like you may have to start. I mean, putting on a little bit more of a mean face, you know what I mean? Like, did Neve ever give you that energy? It it was honestly, I can remember the point of where it turned for me. And that was after um, I did the toxic dance, the Argentine tango. My favorite, the one that everybody died over. I'm sure your phone was blowing up. Yeah, it was it was my favorite one, I think, because it was that breakthrough moment for me where I really was like, I can't keep just trying to be a perfect dancer. I have to show like my passion. I have to show that I want it. I have to like 
you know, I can't just be float through this competition and, you know, have okay dances um, that are good, but like, you know, not really something that made anybody go, wow. And that for me was personally a moment where I was like, Kate, I'm in it to win it now. Yes. Okay. So that's, and that's crazy because that's exactly the moment when we started to see it pivot and change, you know? And when Artem, like when he choreographed that for you, was he in the cage himself showing you exactly what you had to do? Because I know for me, what most people don't know is that for every one of the most feminine moves I had to do on, in my dance routines, Brandon was giving me full throttle exactly what I had to do. Like, like full arched back, pointed toe, dainty sachet, everything. Like that whole little scene I had to do in the bathtub, yeah. you know, with the, you know, that thing. And he yeah. was fully doing it. And I was like, this is so weird watching a six foot grown man, like <laughs> try to look delicate, demure, and maybe a little bit hoey. He was pulling yeah. it off. It's so fun. I could see Brandon doing that. Yeah, for sure. But I can't see Artem doing it. Oh, Artem is the exact same way. It's so funny because Artem is very much like, a dude and like he wears you know he's very edgy and he likes like when I got to show him a little break dancing I I really felt our roles switch where I was like oh he's not like the teacher anymore like I'm actually teaching him something and he was like so curious and so eager to learn because you could tell he just he has that like b-boy swag in him that wants to come out like even though he's like the best at a paso doble but that's because it's very masculine like he but when I saw him he told me the way he taught me um, cause I'm, I'm a lot of things sexy. I don't really feel as one of my things. I'm like, we're going to have like, a whole conversation about this. Go okay. ahead. And I'll tell you what I learned. I feel like I'm just very much like I'm more edgy. I'm more like of a tomboy. I like to be comfortable over feeling sexual. Like I'm just not, that's just something I actually struggle with is feeling sexy. And, um, like my idea of sexy is like drinking scotch in my sweatpants and like talking about like, um, call of duty. Like I used to be a call of duty nerd. Like that to me, I'm like, am I sexy now? Um, so for him to tell me, he was like, he's like, you want to be like feeling like you're being hunted. Like you're luring someone in, not like you're the hunter, like pouncing around and like being, he's like, that's how, what I get from you. Like, I felt like I wasn't luring someone in. I was more being masculine about it. And he had to, yeah, totally put on the, like, like I, I could almost picture him in the sequin dress. Like he, he really taught me how to seem like I was luring someone in rather than being the hunter. And it was fascinating to me to see him do that, but he can do everything. We were talking on your podcast about unlearning things as yeah. an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And how I said when, for me, when I started to unlearn things that I've thought I believed my whole life and started to just evolve from my thinking, that's when I felt like, oh, this is what being a grown up is about. Mm-hmm. I unlearned what sexy is in because of Dancing with the Stars. And oh, let me let me oh, explain yeah. that. So everything you think is sexy mm-hmm. from the way girls pose on Instagram. Let's mm-hmm. start there. The way you're supposed to walk in heels. Mm -hmm. The way a girl is supposed to act flirtatious. Everything I thought I was doing right because I was taught from magazines or Instagram or, I don't know, music videos, is not sexy in Dancing with the Stars. And actually, when I saw the comparison side by side that Brandon, of all people, would show me, he showed me the difference between sexy, classy, and and womanly Mm -hmm. versus cheap and hood rat. Yeah. And I, one big thing, one big thing he taught me 
was the elegance in walking in heels. Like most women, when they walk in heels, they think it's a, it's a ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom with a butt and a hip and a turn uh-huh. of the heels. No, it's actually a heel toe delicate magic, but it's more about the neck. And it's about the, think of yourself having like a crown that you're just holding higher, maybe like a ballerina button that stays high. And it's a saunter. Yeah. It's a saunter it's a that's saunter. so elegant. Cheryl does it amazing. Cheryl Burke does it amazing. Yeah. Daniela murders it. Murder. Pretty much every woman that's a, you know dance on Dance with Stars. And then the guys could do it too. Yeah. So I just learned that everything, like whenever he told me to act sexy, my struggle bus was, it dropped me off on the day that I did the first walk on, I think week two, it was a rumba, I think. And I oh, had to be by myself on the floor. Anytime you're by yourself on the floor, did you kind of lose it? Because you're like, you feel like your training wheels are being taken off, right? I felt like the least sexiest person on the planet. Like Arvin would stand there and stare at me and tell me to like be sexy. And I'd be like, and I'd like get so awkward. And I like all of a sudden couldn't even walk. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So, so I don't know. It just being on dancing with you. I want to, I want to congratulate you personally because Caitlin, like you, like I said, I always knew you could dance from the first week when I saw you. I remember you were just so prim and proper and you were sitting there. You guys, she was sitting right beside me um, every week when you guys would see us in the stands, like, you know, Caitlin and I were, were beside me and so unassuming, so quiet and just didn't, you know, wasn't like me, like calling attention to herself, like just stayed stealth back there. And then when you come back from dancing, her fingers were like this magic. Like it just felt like a sorcerer sending all these vibes out, like saying like, yes, bitch, remember me. This is how you do it. And it was like, I I was like, oh, this is, that's how real dancing is supposed to look from these amateurs that we're supposed to be. And then you'd come and you'd sit back down again and be like, was that okay? And I'd be like, shut the fuck up, that was amazing. (laughs) So now I want to ask, what did your boyfriend think when he was watching this? Because he could not have known that you were this good of a dancer. Because you're not doing this while you're dating him. Right. Well, thank you for saying that. I I feel like he wasn't surprised, though. Like, come I, on. No, mine I'm, was. My fiance was. At, mine was. Mine was so surprised that I was looking at him like. You think I can't, like, I could do something. Don't be that surprised. Like, there's a level of surprise you can be, right? You can't be, you can't like, be, like, shocked. Yeah, so what was yours doing? Because there's no way that he knew you had that. Well, it, it was funny because every, like, he, he knew I could dance to some level, but any dance I've shown him and any dance that I felt confident doing, it was always on a hip hop level. Like that's kind of where my confidence was with, if I did hip hop, I was like, oh, I'm in my element. Ballroom dancing and me being elegant was not something that I think anybody really saw until I, you know, until I was on Dancing with the Stars. Then I was like, I even surprised myself. I was like, wait, I'm elegant? I'm elegant. Um, But he was more shocked the level of improvement that would happen over five days because you know you go in and I would record we would record the dance just so I could go over it when I got home and Jason would be like wow that's like really good and then he would be shocked at the level of improvement when I would perform it on a Monday night compared to like when I would show him the dance the first day learning it Um, he would be like how did it go from that to that like he was really really impressed with I think everybody he would watch on Dancing with the Stars but at the same time, he would. I'd always come home and he'd be like, "Of course you crushed that!" Like he, he just expected me to. 
did it ever turn him on to to see this side of it? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, here's this woman. Then it was. I mean, come on. We had 30 million people watching our show. Right. Everybody's now talking about Caitlyn. Like, was there a side to him where he's like, I gotta step up my game. Like, I. I mean, I. Wow. I've got like a winner next to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think there was. A, he. I definitely noticed. Like. I'd, I'd come home and I would be like, you know, sweaty and gross. And then we'd like watch me dance on, on TV. And he would just be, you could tell there was like a level of like, like how proud he was for sure. He was so, so incredibly proud of me. And he would just look at me different. You know what I mean? Like, like a, like a look at you, like, all right. I yeah, see you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's you on TV doing that. You see yourself up there. <laughs> There's certain things that I think men get turned on with. And, and one I find really fascinating is all my friends who have had kids, they say that their partner, when they're giving birth are turned on. Huh? <laughs> like, like they go into this animalistic behavior where they're just like giving birth to a child. And the, the, my, my best friends, their husbands are all like, it was so hot. You mean the gross sweaty part where your hat, your hair is matted down to your yeah. head and you're oozing weird colored things out of yourself. And, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that was a turn on. Yeah. Okay. I guess I could see it on the animalistic part of it, like seeing us in our true form. So I, I guess right. I could right. see that in a little bit. But that's a very terrible comparison. It wasn't like that. To- <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I understand what you're saying, though. But like, I, I really love. So I don't know your boyfriend, but I know you and like seeing how people are. I wonder if this was the same for you, but seeing how people are and how we learned about them in, on the dance floor yeah. and then seeing their behind the scenes life right. later on. Like, like, I don't know me on the gram or me like, you know, and what I do outside of the dance the ballroom mm-hmm. is so different than how we saw each other as competitors and how we just saw each other as students yeah. that were going yeah. to learn, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, um, for me, like I, when you guys got COVID, I honestly, I, I, I was shocked because we had worked so hard as a team to not come right. close to any contact like that. And then your, your caption actually was so perfect because it was able to really to ex- explain to us how severe it is and how dangerous it can be just with one person. So, can you break down exactly how you found out you had it? I want to know what this person thought when they realized that they gave it to you. Mm-hmm. And then how did you, what, like, what symptoms did you go through? I want to know everything. Yeah, it was, it's interesting because, I mean, for me, I'm such an open book all the time, um, whether I'm struggling with like my insecurities or um, like certain things in life. Like I, I'm just an oversharer and I think it's important to do that um, for some people. I mean, I totally understand if that's not a comfort level for you to not do that. But for me, I feel comfortable sharing things. Um, and so when, I, when we got COVID, I was like, well, I'm not going to keep this to myself. Like I'm, I'm a little embarrassed that I was irresponsible and got it in some way, but I know that like, you know, this it's so easily spread and I want to tell people. And the thing is you weren't irresponsible though, Caitlin, right. that's the crazy thing. Okay. Right. So go on. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, I was trying to do the responsible thing. Um, but I just wanted people to know that how severe it is, how easy it is to get it and, and that it's bigger than us. So um, what happened was we were supposed to be quarantined because we were going to see Jason's family for Christmas. And we had this whole plan of how we were going to do it, how many tests we were going to get before we went. And we thought we were being responsible by doing that. And I, I don't know why, but this person doesn't want me to share who it is. Um, 
she hasn't said that to me personally, but I know that she hasn't announced it and I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So when she was, she was here, she was getting tested every single day, negative, negative, negative on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on Saturday, she got another test. She came over here, my like whatever negative tests on Sunday, she left and started feeling, um, a little like tickle in her throat. And she messaged me and said, it oh starts my with a tickle in your throat. Yeah. That's very triggering for you, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I don't know if I could take this, friend. I know. I know. And so she messaged me and I was on a pod. I was recording a podcast and a message come up, came up on my computer and it said, Caitlin, I'm so sorry, but I tested positive for COVID. And I'm in the middle of this podcast. And I'm like, I didn't even remember the last 20 minutes of my podcast. Cause I was just going, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh God. <laughs> and, and at that moment, wait, at that moment, did you feel anything? Oh, immediately, like my my mental game is. Your throat, your throat is tingling. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah. I was like, did, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I, my, yeah. I just started playing mental. So, did you message Jason? He was sitting out on the couch, and so I finished the podcast, and I went out to him, and I was like, "You're never gonna believe this, but she tested positive for COVID." Like, I was like, we were talking I gave her a hug we were sharing sushi like I'm screwed you're like we both were eating out of the same ice cream you guys were yeah. like there's something about Mary old lady with her dog you guys were like that Mag- Magnus is that her name we're like making out um <laughs> yeah I was like I for sure have it like I'm gonna try and stay away from you just in case you don't we both went and got tested sure enough had it and so obviously we couldn't go see Jason's family for Christmas and they were so disappointed as were we, because we were trying to do everything right to be able to see family. And that just goes to show like, what if I actually hung out with her a day before the, the time of quarantining? What if I didn't have any symptoms? And then we went to the family and gave it to them, you know, like that would have been so devastating. Oh my God. You and would have never forgiven yourself. No, that was actually, you know what, when I was on dancing with the stars, I got a false positive. I had to take two days off and thought I was out of the competition because I got a false positive. Was this in the beginning? This was in right after I injured my ankle. So week three, you were the false positive. Oh yeah. That was me. It was you. I, I heard a rumor that it was someone else. I can't tell yeah. you. I guess I could say it because it's not true. Well, yeah, it's not true. Okay. You know what? Here's the funny thing, guys. On Dancing with the Stars, they were so professional. We yeah. were not. So everybody else was so professional with keeping everything hush. Yeah. But we, as the dancers, were kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? So you would hear a lot of rumors. But I remember one particular week, Brandon and I came in to dance and they shut it down. They said, nobody's allowed in the dance rooms. Nobody's allowed near the premises. So we all had to wait in our cars. So of course, with all the dancers and the contestants waiting in their cars and on the parking lot, we get to talking shit. So yeah. we're like, who is it? Who do you think it is? And and now, oh my God. So, but it was a false one. Okay. It was false. Yeah. I, it was, I mean, you know how devastating it is to be told that you're out of the competition. Yeah. And that's what I was going through because I thought I was, because if you have COVID, you're, you're done. And so I got the, and that's like very rare. Cause it's like, I think 99%, like it's like something crazy where if it's positive, you're like pretty sure it's positive. Um, and so I had to get four tests done in a row to make sure every time it came back negative, 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 except for that one positive. So I ended up not having it. Um, and okay, I so tell me like, now with your friend, your friend and her symptoms and your symptoms and Jason's symptoms, were they all the same? No, no. So, so then, okay. So I started feeling like 
two days later, just really tired. But Jason went like straight, like every symptom you could have. He had a fever of 103. He was aching so badly and then chills and sweating. And he had this headache that was so bad that he, he, he's the most calm person I've ever, well, not calm. He's kind of like big personality, but like, he is like a very level-headed human being who doesn't freak out about anything. He's just, you know, he's chill. Um, he was really freaking out and felt like he wasn't getting enough oxygen. And that's why the head was hurting. He wasn't enough getting, getting enough air to his brain. And he was like really freaking out. And you guys only have each other. Yeah. So you're not allowed to have people come in and, no. and, and check things out. So you're, you're self-assessing each other with you guys and WebMD. Yes. It was just not a good thing. And um, yeah, like don't Google anything or you're dying. And so I'm trying to take care of him because I felt like kind of asymptomatic. I was just tired. Um, so I was able to take care of him. And then as soon as he started feeling better, I like went downhill. I felt like I had just a really bad head cold. I got the same headache. I lost all taste and smell. I still can't taste anything. Um, the taste and smell thing is real. It is the worst part of it. In my opinion, that was the worst. I would rather have a headache and be able to taste because I love food so much. And yeah, everything's like, um, the only good thing about it is I've been taking like all these nasty, like liquid vitamins, like liquid zinc every day, liquid cat's claw, like all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I can't taste it. But like I, this is the longest I've ever gone without having a glass of wine. And I have my own wine brand. So I'm like, I always call it like research, research and development. Um, but I haven't had wine. Like I had coffee for the first time today. Still can't taste it. It's terrible. Jason lost his taste and smell for probably 48 hours, but now he's got it back about 50%. What about your friend? So she lost her taste and smell and she had a fever for only a day. It was three days of her being sick and now she's better. First, I'm glad that you guys are all better. Yes, thank you. And I'm I'm so thankful that you were honest about it because there are people and there and there's no shade to your friend. Everybody right. has to, you know, handle it their own way yeah. that they're comfortable. But I have read a lot about people who feel ashamed for having it. I, I'm not saying this is your friend, but some people feel so ashamed they don't want to tell anybody that they've had it because they feel like they said that they feel ostracized mm -hmm. from from I don't know, society and whatnot. And to me, I'm just I'm just thankful that you said something because it teaches us a little bit and it allows me to ask you real questions as we're all sitting here like hiding from this imaginary thing that you can't I'm not imaginary, but you can't see it. Right. So you don't know where it's at, you know? And looking back, would you have done anything different? Like would you have not not seen and not have any friends over? You know what no, I'm saying? Because that person was like, she needed a Or would friend. you mask in your house? Like, what would you do? Yeah, I know. And she needed a friend and um, she had been tested so many times and she needed a place to stay. And it was uh, actually a really nice night. And I wouldn't have done anything different because at that time, well, I mean, I guess I would have now looking back, I would have been like, no, don't come over. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. I can't have any regrets because now I've learned a big lesson. I'm able to use my platform to, I had so many people reach out and be like, you know what? I really was going to go see family, but I don't want to risk it. So thank you. And I just think, I just think it's important to pretend, not pretend this isn't happening. Actually, you're right. I would absolutely say you also helped to inspire us to not go run the risk. We canceled our Christmas. Oh, and I think I was already thinking about it mm -hmm. because I was reading about how rapidly this was getting closer and closer to our circle of friends. Yeah. yeah. But when you got it and I know how careful you are, that's yeah. when I was like, okay, 
canceling Christmas. This is not happening. I know it's so bad, but like it's, you know, now we've quarantined for two weeks. We haven't seen a person and now we're able to, you know, we have the antibodies. We've been quarantining for two weeks. So Jason's parents have been quarantining. So now we can go have a Christmas, you know, like we're still going to be so careful. We're actually going to, um, like still try and distance and do just because we don't ever want to like put them in jeopardy, but we're, we're now able to do it later. You know, like there's, there's going to be a time where you can have Christmas in July or like do something fun. Like that. See, this is the longest I've ever gone without seeing my family. It's like, I go down a deep, dark hole. If I like think about it too much because I'm so close with them and it's really the worst, but I, at least I know that I'm not alone. Like we're all going through it. Everyone is overcoming something in this pandemic and it's, it's just hard. It's really hard. I understand. Well, I'm so glad that you guys are better and you're in the clear. And thank you for teaching us just to be aware and, and to be a little bit more scrutinizing about who we hang out with and how we manage to do it. Even if it yeah. makes us feel safer, maybe some people have to wear masks in their house if they have to have friends over. Yeah. But you've taught me because I, I, I think I might start considering that because sometimes I really do want my friends to come over because I still miss them so much. Oh. But but we have to still be careful. So um, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I have a confession to you about... The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, the whole series. And I want to talk to you about it because for the first time, I've actually met somebody within that world that makes me feel confident to ask questions about Bachelor Nation. So when we get back. All right. Welcome back to Listen, Honey. I'm with my girl, Caitlin Bristow, from Dancing with the Stars to um, being a Mirrorball champion to now coming to this question that I've been wanting to ask you so much because I'm confessing to you right now that I have never watched The Bachelor and I've never gotten into The Bachelor. I've never gotten into any of the series because... I think I just always thought it was so fake and I always thought it was so cheesy. Mm-hmm. I thought that the I thought they were getting set up. I think the singles coming have some type of little plot that they've been led to, to, to playing because of the producers. I get mad at the drama because I'm like, how could you be so stupid? How could this happen? And then when you came on, Caitlin, I, I obviously heard, you know, of, of, of where you came from. But the friends of mine in my circle who have watched The Bachelor and, yeah. and and got into it, they were like, no, her story's crazy. Like hers is the one to watch if you're gonna watch one. So, and I and I and I learned about more of your personality, which was so crazy because watching you as a dancer on Dancing with the Stars, you're you're not that girl that makes everything about you. No. You're not that one that's like, hey, all attention on me. Oh my God, I'm, I'm crying now. I'm, I'm, you know, like you're not the reality show personality that's going to bring drama. You know what uh-huh. I mean? You actually came as like this mild-mannered, cool girl who was behind the scenes, kill, cutthroat killer dancer, and then just did your thing and won the mirror ball and was like, yoink, okay, thanks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So when you hear that you came from a reality series, it's so crazy to me. So I just want to understand today, coming from Dancing with the Stars, how much do you feel the Bachelor Nation really like came in to help you when it comes to votes and support? Oh, absolutely. I, okay. That's something that I have said from coming off the show is I've never seen a more loyal group than Bachelor Nation. Like Bachelor Nation people are the reason I have a podcast. I have a scrunchy hairline. I have a wine label. They're the reason I won the mirror ball. Like they are honestly like it's such a good support system they're like women who have come together and like they empower me I've like 
It's incredible. It's really incredible. And at first, when I came off the show, and that was five years ago, I was a little bit bitter and jaded and I felt manipulated and I felt like it was like a terrible thing for me to do. And I just was like, I had a lot of like mean people who hated me on the internet. But as time has gone on, I've just like learned so much and have really seen everything that I'm doing succeed because of the loyal following from Bachelor Nation. And I I mean, between the Bella army having Artem's, you know, uh, the Bella twins on our side and Bachelor Nation, I really, I keep telling them like, this part of this trophy is theirs because they are so committed to, if they are rooting for you, they have your back for anything. And I really felt that through the competition. Wow. So I learned the power of Bachelor Nation because of you. Like I, I really, because I saw the comments and I saw how, how, what, what do you think it, it is about the series that makes people so loyal to you guys? And why do you think people were so behind you particularly after your, your run? I think it's because who, okay. Wa- watching um, somebody like relatable, like, uh, you know, you, you don't just see them as this character on TV. You start with them from the beginning. They went from being nobody getting on the show and then being so vulnerable to dating and like being, you know, so um, open in, in the dating life to, and, and open to embarrassment and all these things that, that you at home would be watching doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not an untouchable actress playing a character. You're a real human being who is showing your love life struggles and sharing your insecurities on national television. And they kind of start with you from the beginning and, and grow with you on this journey of love. And then they're rooting for you as a couple. And then they're rooting for you in everything that you're doing after, because they feel like they've been with you from the start. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think my story on the bachelorette was, or on The Bachelor, my job title was dance instructor, which is so funny because I taught three-year-olds like ballet for a year when I was 19. Like, uh, but that was the role that, you know, they were, that given to me. And so everyone knew I had had this passion for dance or love for dance. So when I came off The Bachelorette, everyone was like, oh my gosh, put her on Dancing with the Stars. So five years ago, everyone was rooting for me to go on Dancing with the Stars and Dancing with the Stars actually called me and I was going to go on. I had a contract. I was supposed to be on. Artem was actually supposed to be my partner five years ago. And, um, the, the head of the bachelor, the creator, um, he ended up taking that away from me and saying, no, you can't, you can't. Why? Well, his reasoning was, um, I don't want people to want fame after my show anymore. I want them to focus on their relationship. I don't want them go- jumping to another show. I'm not going to have anyone else do it. Um, but the problem for me was he'd let all these bachelors, bachelors do it, but no bachelorette. So um, him and I kind of got in a huge fight five years ago and I stood up for myself, even though I was still under contract with him. I kind of threw him under the bus and I was like, this is so, I lo- this is the stuff that I love. No, this is what I read. And I loved about you. I this is what, really what I really learned who you are as a woman. Well, yeah. Cause I was like, Mm, just because you're like this high up powerful man in the bachelor franchise who have, you've really changed my life in ways that I, you know, I'm so appreciative of, but I'm not going to stand here and let you tell me that I'm not allowed to do something that your bachelors are allowed to do when dancing is a passion of mine. 
And yeah, and you're a dance instructor. It says in your Chiron. Caitlin <laughs> yeah. Bristow, dance instructor, Vancouver, Canada. And I was like, so devastated. And he was like, no, I'm not letting, he's like, you won't see anyone from this franchise doing that anymore. Well, the next year, the guy that I had sent home um, became the bachelor and then went on to do dancing with the stars. And I just, uh, I just was like, no, this is unfair. I'm putting my foot down. I'm standing up. Not so that I can, I, my, I thought my chances of going on dancing with the stars were done. I, I was like, it's really the no principle way. at this point. Yes. It was all about principle. I was like, I'm an, I'm going to have a voice so that future um, bachelorettes can maybe go on the show. And so little Twitter war, whatever. And then Hannah Brown got to, she came off Bachelorette and got to go and dance with the stars. And it was funny and interesting because my season of the Bachelorette was very controversial. I was the first person to really talk openly about sex and about like, you know, things that I wanted in a relationship that might not have been like what other Bachelorettes have talked about in the past. And I had, you know, sex before the fantasy suite. It was a big thing. And then Hannah got praised for having sex like four different times. And people were like, she's a woman. And like, and then she goes on Dancing with the Stars and everyone's like, Caitlin walked so Hannah could run. And they said to me like, are you so upset? And I was like, hell no, I'm, this is exactly why I do the things that I do and have a voice because I want to change things. I love that she was celebrated for having sex. I love that she gets to go on dancing with the stars now because I feel like I had a part in that and that's what I wanted to see. And so I always thought my chances of going on dancing with the stars were over, but honestly, bachelor nation just kept rooting for me to have that opportunity. And they kept saying things to the creator of the show. And, and so it led to, to me being able to go on. And I think that's why they stood behind me so much and voted so many times and was so supportive because they knew that story and that history and like really was rooting for me from that. Now that you explain that, I'm rooting for you. Now that you explain that, I understand because no, it, it really does in TV, you, you have to play a role that everybody thinks of you. But then there's also sides of you where when you come home and, and, and the cameras are off and the lights are out and, and you're in your fuzzy pajamas and, you're in, and your Invisalign is in yeah. and you sit there and you're like, wait, these certain things are not fair. And I can't just like, am I going to sit and be quiet tomorrow morning? Am I going to wake up and do something about this? Right. Or am I going to go ahead and just play the role that has been given to me? Right. Because you, all of it can be taken away at any time when you think of when you think about, you know, actually speaking out against it. Yeah. And for you, I'm so glad that you did that because we would not have been able to enjoy this whole experience. So that's why the mirror ball means so much more to you because of that. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, it means so much to me. It's wow, like, wow, I never knew that story, that backstory. Like, I look at the mirror ball and I think like this is for standing up for myself. This is for standing up for like just a, a opera, equal opportunity for bachelors and bachelorettes. I, I like look at it as something that like was five years in the making. Like it's just. Uh, it wait, wait. The big question is what did he say when you won? <laughs> he said, we did it. It took five years, but we did. <laughs> and I like to think like, okay, I'm a very, um, I'm, a, I'm actually a very forgiving person. And if you want to like, you know, work through something or be, I don't know, I'm just, I'm very forgiving and it might take me like, you know, with this 
it's been five years, but I'm actually like, you know, maybe he means that or maybe he has. Yeah, you're not sitting there like lamenting over it. You're not wasting no. your life away putting energy in it. I know no, this. No, no, I'm just like, thanks. So like, we did it, sure. <laughs> it's it's funny. But- I'm dead. And you know what's funny is in many ways, that's such, that's that, that says a lot to you. Yeah. yeah. That you didn't have to sit there and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You didn't have to actually like separate that. You're just like, sure. Yeah. 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 Or I'm like, that's, that's, yeah, we did. We did it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful to have met you, Caitlin, seriously. Like not only in our run in, in those weeks together, but your support and even like that, the, just the great things that you said to me when I was, you know, going through my thing and having you, you were the first face I saw when I walked back onto the ballroom floor in order to come back and just, you know, for the finales, yeah. um, you were the first face I saw and you were standing there and you were like, Jeannie. And I looked at your face and I was like, Caitlin, hi. And it was just, I, I, I'm so thankful that afterwards we have this friendship and that we had such a great time together. And I'm really, 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 really happy for you. you I couldn't picture a better win. Like, honestly, Neve is also, also awesome, too. Yeah, Neve, yeah, if you're yeah, watching this, don't get mad at me. I'm not saying you're not great. Your black swan killed me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, like, I'm so happy that there this whole evolution and, and story that happened for you. This is all the more reason why you deserved it. Thank you. Thank you for saying all those nice things. But I really did like, I really do feel like I bonded with you because not only because we were like pod partners, but really I was just like, that's, that's the kind of person I want to like be around. Like, yeah, I was like this is, the, I, this is the person that I would hang out with. Like, it's just, I, yeah, good energy. I love good energy in people. And Thank you, Caitlin. Okay. So tell us how can we support you? How can we make sure that I want to know more about your wine? I know about your music, which I love too. I've downloaded your music. So tell me how we can support more of Caitlin. Thank you. Um, well, I, my podcast is every Tuesday, Thursday, it's off the vine. Basically. I just, if you're a bachelor fan, bachelorette fan, I usually do recaps on Thursdays of the show. I'll have people that are on or eliminated, come on and talk about their experience. My favorite thing to do on the podcast is give other people a voice because like you said, when you're watching the show, it is edited. It is a little bit manipulated, but it's also like you are watching these real people have real emotions and real feelings. And it's not, you know, scripted or anything. So I love to actually give people who come off the show their own voice and tell their side of the story, which is always nice to hear like the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I have my wine label at Spade and Sparrows and that's on Instagram as well. It's really fun wine content. Like it's just funny. We try and have fun with it. Um, I have a scrunchie line. It's called do edit. That's on Instagram. Again, it's just like a community of fun women who like support each other. Like it's become more than a product at this point, And it's, it's really incredible. And then, um, oh, my music. Thank you for downloading that. It's so funny because that has just been something I've enjoyed doing since I was little. I used to like sing Oh Canada at my dinner table, like for my family, just because I love to sing and perform. And so um, just being in Nashville, I've met so many singers and songwriters, and it's actually been really therapeutic for me. It helps with my anxiety. I like really love singing and writing. Um, and that's just like, if you just go on anywhere that you can find music you can just type in my name and see my songs but um i think that's i think that's it (laughs) and follow you on instagram of course yes just my full name caitlin bristow caitlin thank you so much for taking time with me today and you promised you're going to keep in touch and when you turn 40 i'm getting a text to tell me how great it is for you over there listen honey listen honey listen honey listen honey 
Listen, honey, listen, honey.